You're listening to the Quince podcast. The new cycle of 2020 without any doubt will be an unforgettable year full of unexpected cataclysmic events. Started with the Northeast Delhi riots in February, plunged right into a pandemic in March, took a sharp turn into an appalling migrant exodus seen in the highways around cities in April triggered by unemployment, and as the infections rose across India once the lockdown got lifted, so did an acute shortage of hospital beds in most cities along with fake news. misinformation and a growing stigma around the virus while super cyclone amphan rocked kolkata in may the horrific custodial deaths of father son duo benix and jairaj in tutikuri in the month of june and the gang rape of a dalit woman in hathras that got reported in late september shook the very core of humanity and as this long year finally ends with the ongoing farmers protest against the center's agricultural legislations One can safely say that nothing but this year itself could have prepared journalists on how to go about reporting in these challenging times. Pursuing facts and the truth becomes crucial in a crisis, and the Quince reporters dived right into the middle of all these incidents that summed up 2020 to bring you people's voices and the ground reality behind every story. Hello, I'm Shorbury, and in this final episode of the Big Story from 2020, meet the Quince reporters who brought you the stories that matter. Ashwarya Ayer who covers communalism was reporting on northeast delhi violence and she saw the riots worsen minute by minute months after the riots ashwarya also worked on investigative reports on the delhi police's probe into the incident and dug into the loopholes and gaps in the police's version of the events so 2020 is finally over and looking back at the one year uh, for the on ground reporting experience um a lot of things come to mind Uh, it was challenging it was exhausting it was overwhelming it was hard it was sad it was also a great learning curve i'm speaking specifically here uh, in terms of the northeast delhi violence of february 2020 where you know i was on ground zero at the epicenter of the violence and i saw it uh, get worse minute by minute and then of course it became full fledged communal violence to staying with the story even months after the violence ended uh, to reporting on the on, on on the crackdown that was happening and the arrests that were happening uh, during the lockdown uh, to also doing a series of 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 reports by going through hundreds of pages of chart sheets and complaints on the nature of the delhi police probe into the investigation so it was a great um, it was a great year in terms of being a great learning curve on how to do stories how to stay with stories how to write stories a lot of great editorial debates and discussions have happened around these stories for me uh, a lot of learning from my colleagues and my editors during this time around these editorial debates and discussions understanding myself better um and you know keeping the spirit alive keeping the the spirit of reporting alive i think the biggest learning for me this year has been to let the facts do the talking to let people tell their stories As the lockdown got enforced we saw images of thousands and thousands of migrant laborers stranded in highways trying to walk back home for want of food and jobs in senior correspondent Poonam Agarwal's report from ground zero brought the truth of hardships and the trials that the poorest of the poor faced in the lockdown COVID-19 pandemic is something that we have experienced for the first time in our life so was the situation with all of us we reporters journalists we also never saw this 
and we were also like all of us were confused how to report on ground ground reporting was a big challenge but we had to because we were the eyes and ears of public during the lockdown all of us were scared of stepping out so were we but to do our job to verify facts to do a reality check we had to step out and it was in may that i met one of the migrant workers called satveer his story moved not just me but most of our readers because he was also forced to leave the city because he had no source of earning left in the city and he decided to go back to his family uh, to his hometown with his family two children and wife and on the way when he he reached delhi noida border he was asked to stop here and the police the up police did not allow him to cross the up border with his kulfi card his only source of earning and probably his only uh, you know vehicle through which he could think of doing some other work in his hometown but that was also he was forced to leave behind and uh, when i met him he was in tears he was so frustrated that uh, he was say he will he had just one thing to say that he doesn't want to stay in delhi and he will never come back to delhi once he reaches his hometown in badayun but we did a story on him he was some he he was some he somehow managed to reach badayun uh because the up police assisted him to reach uh, to his hometown but told him to leave behind his kulfi card when he reached his hometown and uh, we found that we we published a story we found that many readers they uh, they started to offer you know financial help to satvi they tons of tons of comments tons of well wishes you know from every corner across the world poured in for satvi and we could in no time manage to you know uh, receive donation of over 3 lakhs for satvi uh, which he got in his account and with the help of that money today he is a happy farmer and uh, is living happily with his family members in badayu but this year the job was bigger than just documenting it was about being able to make a change and being able to extend help to those who need it when the plight of migrant families became a humanitarian crisis the queens bengaluru correspondent arundev's continuous reportage on the government's initial plan to stop trains for migrant workers forced the government to revoke its decision it was an exodus of an unimaginable proportion we never thought that we would see thousands of migrant workers walking back home some walking more than 1000 kilometers to get home the covid-19 virus the lockdown and the safety concerns that came with it had made it difficult for us to do the basic job as a journalist that is go out and meet people but when reports of thousands of migrant workers getting stranded at railway stations uh, transit camps and labor camps waiting for a train we decided that our safety concerns were not as big as their plight so we started reporting from these camps and the railway stations to tell the government that it was important to have more trains to transport them back home especially since many of them didn't have jobs and some didn't have enough food to survive it was during our reporting uh, from these camps we learned that the government was planning to stop all trains uh, for the migrant workers after a meeting with the industries bodies in the state the quint was one of the first to report it and continues to report on that 
and the reports from the Quinn and many other media houses eventually led to the government withdrawing this decision. But the damage was done by them. In the days that followed, many migrant workers were walking, believing that they will not get a train. Men, women and children said that they had a better chance of surviving by walking back home than staying back in Bangalore. We walked with them. We record their stories, especially the anger they had against the betrayal from the government. It was during the same it was during the same time that we learned that our job as journalists was not just limited to documentation. We became a source of information for many good Samaritans who were out on the streets helping these migrant workers with food, water, shelter, money, etc. Uh, one of the cases that struck with us was uh, Jamuna. Uh, whom we found on a footpath uh, during our reportage. Uh, she was sitting on the footpath with blisters on her feet and a four-month-old child on her, in her arm. Uh, she was convinced that the government will not provide her a train and she had no other option than walking back home. We were able to convince her and with help of some uh, government officials ensure that she got on a train. A few days later when she called and said that she will never forget us, uh, that was one of the proudest moments of our career. But not all stories were happy ones, like the one of 23-year-old Salman. We met Salman while uh, he was walking uh, towards his home in UP. He walked more than uh, 1,200 kilometers over 12 days, but he died of a snake bite uh, just before he reached home in Uttar Pradesh. But reporting in this year has been unlike any other year. It was like wading into an uncharted territory which came with its unique challenges. It's not just about the stories that we brought to you, but also about doing our job from ground zero behind masks and face shields amid the fear of growing infection. But despite the dangers around contracting an infection, Asmita Nandi set out to report. The last time before the pandemic officially began uh, that I went out reporting was uh, at this relief camp set up for the Northeast Delhi riot victims. And that is the time when, you know, uh, the the camp was being emptied because of this entire threat of a pandemic and uh, the people didn't have any place to go to. After that, uh, for about two months, I was unable to go out report go out and report, especially because I didn't have my own uh, vehicle. I had to depend on public transport and which was very difficult. And, uh, you know, uh, to I was unsure. First of all, I wasn't sure. I wasn't like, uh, like confident enough to go out and venture out into the public. But then after about two months, I decided that it's high time that I really want to step out. I want to see what's happening. There's, there are, you know, thousands of people who are stranded. And uh, it was in, while we were all reporting from our houses, from our homes, we were, you know, constantly in touch with our stringers, etc. The first ground report that I did during the pandemic was uh, to take a train ride from New Delhi to Agra. It was the first time the passenger trains were starting and, uh, you know, I I went with a camera person. His name was Athar and both of us were so scared. We had taken all precautions possible. Even then, it was just a scary experience because uh, we were, uh, I mean, we were not sure what this virus entailed. 
It also took a lot of planning to carry out our coverage on the Bihar elections, which got conducted in the shadow of the pandemic. And Shadav Moizi, a quint Hindi correspondent, eased into it and brought opinions of citizens like it was any other normal year. Pandemic ke time mein ground reporting ka jo uh, experience hai, wo bahut hi alag raha. Because when we were in Delhi, we thought that there was a lot of corona fear and people had to wear masks, social distancing, and sanitizer, and all these things were going on. But when we reach Bihar election and go to Bihar, after flying, after flying, it is going to be a shock to us. Because there is no one saying that ज्यादातर लोगों के चेहरे पे मास्क नहीं था और सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग आप भूल जाइए तो वो एक बड़ा जबरदस्त था जो हम लोग प्लान करके गए थे कि मास्क होगा ग्लव्स लगाएंगे बहुत सेफ्टी अपनी तरफ से कोशिश थी लेकिन जब हम वहां पहुंचते हैं जो रैलियां हुई पॉलिटिकल पार्टीज की रैलियां हुई सोशल जो अलग-अलग पार्टियों की ऑफिस में जो गैदरिंग होती थी वो इवन चाहे मीडिया जो जहां जमा होती थी मीडिया के लोग जहां होते थे वहां भी कोई किसी तरह का भी सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग देखने को नहीं मिला लोगों से हम बात करते थे कोरोना के बारे में तो लोग कहते थे कि कोरोना यहां कोरोना हवा तो वो एक चीजें थी तो बहुत जबरदस्त रहा वो साथ में जब ग्राउंड रिपोर्टिंग अगर हम बात करते हैं तो उसमें कुछ बिहार इलेक्शन में कुछ स्टोरीज जो हमने की है वो बहुत ही मतलब हमें मुझे लगता है कि ग्राउंड पर जाके उस तरह की स्टोरी करनी चाहिए and as the pandemic months stretched further and further, it all became about quick adaptability. If the frontline warriors were fighting the pandemic, the Quinn's inspiring reporters were fighting fake news with facts. Pandemic or no pandemic, Himanshi has been in the middle of protests, such as the Hathras protest, the farmers' protest to bring voices of citizens. 2020 was essentially the year when everything shrunk to our mobile phone screens, right? Uh, especially after the lockdown, the entire focus was on how to get things home and not step out at all. But as a journalist or a reporter, that's just not happening. I mean, when we think of the COVID frontline warriors, most of us will mention the doctors and the nurses and the cops. But I think as journalists, we've risked our lives equally by stepping out for work in the middle of a pandemic. Uh, personally, I remember going out to cover uh, protests at the Jantar Mantar sometime in September. And as soon as I reached the protest site, there were some 2,000 plus people who had gathered there. Uh, some of them were wearing masks, some of them were not wearing masks. And, uh, you know, I was super scared. But then there's only so much fear one can have. So, you know, I anyway went ahead and did my job. What was perhaps equally dangerous as the infectious virus this year was the infectious fake news. While we saw some incredible moments in journalism, the lows of media was exhibited with fake or biased news being reported in this crisis. And the unfortunate impact of the biased reportage around Tablighi Jamaat, for instance, was felt on ground with the Telinipara riots in West Bengal in May, which Ishadrita Lahiri covered. Uh... As far as 2020 is concerned, I don't think any journalism school, any number of fantastic editors or anybody really could have prepared a ground reporter for what the year was going to be. It was, it's something that nobody in this industry had seen before. Uh, specifically in terms of West Bengal and Kolkata, there are a bunch of things, not, the, not just the pandemic. Uh, that, that, uh, that rocked us this year. Uh, first and fo- foremost, I think uh, what I remember most distinctly is the first story I stepped out for after the lockdown hit, uh, which was uh, sometime around a- end April. 
and uh, I had gone down to the Hooghly district to an area called Telini Para, which is close to the Chandranagar town. Um, and there we had seen uh, large-scale communal clashes uh, between the Hindu and the Muslim community. And when I was sitting in Kolkata, I got uh, I got up, I got leads on it. There were people calling me and telling me that you know there has been uh, uh, massive uh, massive disruption in our in our area for a really long time. There's something that's happening. There's some violence. Could you please come and investigate? So um, me and my camera person uh, Shonjay Deb, uh, we went down uh, to Telini Para, and what we saw there really was was something that shook both of us. Because in Telini Para, uh, we could see the manifestation of a larger campaign um, uh, regarding Corona and Muslims uh, that, that, that was playing out. Uh, when we went there, we spoke to the Muslims and uh, we spoke to the Hindu families as well. And one strain of thought was, was, was uh, there between both, which is that the Muslims said that uh, we are kept... They keep calling us Corona. They keep saying that we will go wherever we will go. And uh, the Hindu families kept saying that they are Muslim. They are Corona. They are working. And uh, where did this come from? Well, the Muslim families told us that ever since the news of the Tablighi Jamaat in Delhi broke and news channels, uh, you know, went all out saying this is a super spreader event, look at these people, look at what they're doing. And that kind of was the beginning of the stigma. That was the beginning of the stigmatization. And the family said that since this Tablighi Jamaat news broke, they were faced with constant mockery, constant taunts. And that kind of uh, led to to uh, to this violence that really ripped apart uh, a locality that was that was living in harmony for years so um, that is really something that shook us especially on the ground when we were there uh, there was there was this pandemic situation so people could not come out in large numbers uh, there was massive police presence so we were stopped we couldn't go everywhere we wanted to we were stopped at various places we had to hide from the police and go and talk to people and just the realization that came out of it that, you know, the things that we say in news channels, uh, it, it, it seems very small and it's okay to discount them as achha, hai, ek, ek news channel mein bol hai, kya farak padta hai, but farak padta hai. And we saw it on the ground that day and, and it, was, it was heartbreaking to say the least. It was hard to pursue stories with constraints in movement and the dearth of safe commuting options, but that didn't stop Smitha TK, a Chennai correspondent. But what gave us courage and the spirit to keep bringing the truth no matter how difficult the situation was were you, our listeners and readers who offered your support. Taking you to the initial days of the lockdown, it was particularly challenging to find stories because we couldn't physically go to these locations due to the fear of contracting virus or even spreading the virus. And uh, that's when one of these days we, I went walking down uh, the empty streets of Chennai, especially Tinagar, the shopping district of the city. And uh, it was amazing to see elderly security guards who have been standing guard day and night despite pay cuts to safeguard these empty streets. This year has been particularly challenging when it comes to reporting, but when we did bring you these stories, you showered us with love and support. 
A visually challenged couple, Dharman and Ugandai, in Chengalpattu in Tamil Nadu, were struggling to make ends meet as they were trained vendors and due to the coronavirus pandemic, they lost their jobs. Now, thanks to your support, they've received over 6 lakh rupees and lots of love. A Kabaddi girls team in Kuvatur in Tamil Nadu were afraid if they'll have to drop out of school and the sport itself due to lack of funds. Thanks to you, today they are setting up a free Kabaddi academy for girls from the fishing community. And as we step into a new year and hopefully a better year, keep supporting the Quint and keep our independent journalism alive. To join a membership program, click on Support the Quint and you can pick any membership model that you like and stay updated with the Quint. Happy New Year! If you like listening to this episode, please subscribe to the Big Story playlist for episodic updates. We'll have on Apple, Google Podcast, Spotify, GeoSavan and most of the other popular podcast streaming platforms. For other podcasts, please log on to the Quinn website and check out the podcast section. For any feedback, shoot an email to podcasts at thequinn.com. Thanks for listening. Log on to the Quinn's website and check out our other podcasts.